Hello, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I'm Pastor Witt here with Pastor Dave King. That's right, so happy to be here, guys. How's it going, Dave? It's going good. Uh, we are in Acts. We are, Acts 21. Are we near? Are we nearing the end? We are getting there. The, the, the hard part about the end of Acts, there's a long narrative section. So okay. we'll be taking some larger chunks as we kind of move towards the conclusion. So we're in chapter 21. First, we started in verse 27, and we ended in chapter 22, verse 29. So is this a longer section for you? Uh, yeah. I mean, but it, it seems like it's all one thought. Okay. You know, it's all one story, right? I honestly thought you could have actually taken it all the way through the end of 23, hmm. the way that the, the narrative goes, or almost to the end of 23. Uh, but yeah. Right. And even maybe last week, like, even including maybe... Verse 17, Paul's visit to James, right? Because he even started there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's kind of where he's at. Now he's in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. You know, the last three or four chapters, he was going to Jerusalem. Now mm-hmm. he's at Jerusalem. He meets with, the, you know, James and the elders, and they say, hey, we want you to do this. Go get yourself purified. Show everyone that you're still living as a Jew. Right. Um, because all this conversation's happening about him, mm-hmm. right? And then this is the continuation of those people who had heard about you are now stirring things up. Right. So, um, we or kind of, kind of just address that a little bit, but like, how do you choose what book you want to preach through as well as how do you divide up the book and how you preach it? Yeah. So when you think about what to preach, we usually just like old Testament, new Testament mm-hmm. narrative versus, uh, prophets, epistles, mm-hmm. try to give a whole counsel of God's word, you know, okay. acts 20. We just recently taught that, you know, I did not shrink from teaching you the whole counsel of God, so I want to make sure that we're getting a, a steady diet. Mm-hmm. Um, when I am in a book, what amount of I preach really does depend on the text. Mm-hmm. What is a textual unit, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you don't want to, uh, you know, break up a unit that's meant to be put together. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit inspired things to be written uh, in a certain way. So the authors sometimes give you clues of when they're changing mm. topics or making a change or mm. this is a unit that's kind of fit together. That's what I'm usually trying to do. Now, sometimes you can't get it all because of you know time and right. uh, length of a sermon, but you know most often it's best to keep those units together. Mm. And uh, this week you didn't have a outline, right? Like you, you would normally would have an outline. Yep. Why is that? Uh, well, I mean, it really just, I, I thought that the, because of the narrative section, mm-hmm. right, I wanted to kind of just walk through the narrative, mm-hmm. right, and then make applications from the narrative. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll look at the, the narrative and I'll try to teach you things along with the narrative. If there's mm-hmm. one clear line of thought, like what, right. why is this story in there? This one was a little bit different. We've already heard Paul before. We've already heard his testimony. Um, and I felt like, well, let me just explain the narrative and let me make some applications of why I think Luke included this in in, in the book. Mm, okay. Um, so, uh, as you, I mean, we'll, we'll do the same thing then, right, with this, right? Sure. So we're not point one, there's no point one, there's no point two, right? As you walk through the text, right, and you preach it, is there anything that you didn't get to say that you wanted to say? Let me start with something that I said that I didn't want to say. Oh, right? okay. Um, I, was, I was thinking about this idea of a riot, and I was trying to talk about my, my own experience and different riots I've been a part of. Yeah. And I was part of uh, a semi-riot when I was a public school teacher, and I didn't want to make it sound like I was disparaging of the public schools while I, while I, I was going to ask that because you said um, you said no comment. Uh, yeah, what, did, what did you mean by that? I was just trying to be funny. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Like I was, I was thinking there. I'm like, I really shouldn't say that. 
Um, it's yeah. okay, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, I was I, for the next three to four minutes, I was thinking to myself, you really should make a statement because what you said was going to be misinterpreted hmm. uh, because I didn't want to make it seem like it was bad. Right. It was more like that public school was really bad and yeah. the school shouldn't be that way. Right. Schools shouldn't be bad. It wasn't like you shouldn't send your kids to public school. Gotcha. But we should not have schools where there's fights in the main office, right? We yeah, should, that's we, not we good. We should have a better society than that. Uh, that's what I was more referring to. Um, you know, so that that's what I was thinking in my head. I think it can't, could have come across and don't send your kids to public school because schools are like that. Right. That's not what I meant. Um, so that, there's, there's, there's the first point. Uh, uh, that I, <laughs> first point. Well, and here's, here's yeah. the thing, guys. When you get up there, it was not in my nose. I did not plan to say it. Yeah. I'm walking through the narrative. I'm trying to make the narrative come alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I made that, made that comment. I'm not sure if you've ever been in a riot, mm-hmm. like a citywide riot. And not many of us have, but right. I have been in, in, in riotous environments. And that was the first one that came to mind. Yeah. Um, and I just was not careful with my words. Mm-hmm. Right. So forgive me for that. Gotcha. Sometimes that happens. Um, so yeah, so other than that, that was probably the first thing that I, I shouldn't have said. I'm not sure if there's anything else that I wish I would have said okay. afterward that didn't get a chance to say. Okay. Maybe, um, you know, kind of walking through this, like Paul, let's, maybe Paul getting arrested, 27 through 36, here's a section that uh, the people who put the ESV Bible yeah. put there as a section. Is there anything here with Paul being arrested? Uh, the, the the riot, the, uh, the Tribune coming. Is there anything here that yeah, we well, for us? Again, I mean, you see this kind of woven in through the whole entire narrative mm-hmm. is that Paul is not the one who's instigating this. Hmm. So I think that Luke is trying to show that the Jews were actually the one instigating this and that Christians are vindicated. Hmm. So Jesus, you know, in Luke 23, he kept on hearing that he was innocent. He was innocent. He was innocent. Mm-hmm. Well, they're showing here Paul is innocent. He's not mm-hmm. doing anything wrong here. They're the ones who are stirring up trouble. He's actually going to the, the temple to be purified. He's doing mm-hmm. things the right way. The rumors and the assumptions mm-hmm. that happened um, by the Jews are the ones who caused this. Right. Um, you know, so I, I think that, that that's one that's something that you just kind of see all, 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 all throughout this. How does that help us? Um, well, I think that it helps us just to see like kind of some of the applications I made at the end is that the narrative of our culture will be against Christians, right? Okay. So the narrative of Rome was Christians are the fault. Mm-hmm. Christians are the one to blame. So even when Nero, the city burned, it was the Christians' fault, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones who were stirring up rest. And even today, what do you see? It's, it's the Christians' fault because they are bigots against people who practice homosexuality. Mm-hmm. They're the bigots. They're, they're against transgenderism and, 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 and individual self-expression. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who don't believe in women's free ch- right to choose whether they should have an abortion or not. So like the, the the narrative that's being created is that Christians are bad, mm-hmm. you know that's what they're saying, right. and we, I think that this we just want to be mindful that the narrative against the church will always be bad, mm-hmm. right? Because we are not of this world, right? Mm-hmm. And the world and the system of the world hates Christians and hate the message of the gospel, mm-hmm. um, you know. So I think that that's one thing that I, that I would say. How does that help your spirit knowing uh, this is actually normal for Christians? I, I think that's just when you experience trials. You want to say, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with the situation? But actually, that's what we're called to. Mm. That's what Jesus was called to. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus was suffering. He said, if the world hated me, it's going to hate you. Mm-hmm. Right? You're, no, no servant is greater than their master. And yeah. That actually is comforting that we're actually right in line with what has happened with, to Christians all throughout the world. Mm-hmm. The problem in America has been American Christians have experienced untold blessings mm-hmm. from the state. And actually had power and influence in the state. And because of that, um, when their rights are taken away, they get angry and they want to um, 
you know, wrestle right. with the government. Um, and I just would just remind us that, that you know, our kingdom is not of this world. Mm. You know, we are, we're citizens of heaven. You know, so when things are against us, you know, we should be be aware. And I would just say this, just in general, maybe personally, we're we can often do the same thing to others. We can create our own narratives, mm. right? We can think someone is, you know, um, arrogant, and therefore everything that we see in them, we're seeing arrogant, right? Mm. Or someone, we, we think that they don't care about us, so then we interpret everything that they do to us as if they don't care. Mm. So, you know, we're, we're still sinners, and mm. we're still working in the flesh, and we just got to be very careful not to judge, right? Not to, um, you know, assume certain things about people, because it could be catastrophic. Right? Yeah. There could be people in your life right now that you assume are against you, then they're not. Mm. I do lots of counseling. I have lots of conversations with member in the, members of the body. And there's many members in our body right now who assume that people are against them here, hmm. right? And I just want to say, I don't think that you realize how many people love you and talk about how much your life has impacted them. Hmm. They can't even see it, right? The narrative in their mind is, people don't love me, people don't care about me. If I wasn't here, it would be no big deal. Yeah, That's a regular narrative I hear. I think it's a lie, right? Yeah. So you have to be very careful and what narrative you've created in your mind in relationships and within the community. Mm, that's good. Um, yeah, this has nothing to do with what you just said, but earlier, right? Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, Blessed are you and others revile you, persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your word is great in heaven, for so they persecute the prophets who were before you. I think it kind of bleeds into that next section of salt and light, that how to be salt and light in this world. It seems to be, Finding joy in the midst of suffering, persecution, and trials, which you said, right, that for a long time that wasn't the case for Christians, and now this is very foreign to us to face persecution, but it's not even just expect it. It should, it should be rejoice in it. Yeah. Is it? How? Well, I mean, you, 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 <laughs> so I love yeah. what Paul writes in Philippians one twenty nine. right? It has been granted to us, been gifted to us, not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his name. Mm. Or even in Acts chapter 5, you know, they, they went away rejoicing. Mm -hmm. uh, saying that they were they, they were counted worthy mm -hmm. to suffer for the name, mm -hmm. you know. I just think that we love this world too much. We love our comfort too much, and the more and more we love Jesus and the world that is to come, mm -hmm. you know, when trials come our way, no, listen, no one's gonna like. I love trials, bring me persecution. Mm -hmm. No one wants that, but when it comes, because we're standing for Christ, we should rejoice. Yeah, which we've said this multiple times. The commands from God are not complicated. They're very simple. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. It's just difficult to do in our flesh. It's just really difficult. Right? We, we, want, we want to respond in so many different ways. But we know that trials that come to us come through our Father's hands. Mm -hmm. right? He, he, he works all things for our good um, because we have been called to, to love Him. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, just, just be careful not to view your trials as all negative. Because, listen, Paul uh, was taken through all these trials eventually so that he would get to the Roman um, kings and rulers. Yeah. Right? There's a reason why Paul's going through this. Right? Right. It's for a greater witness of Christ to the people that God wants him to witness to. Mm. Mm -hmm. Anything else in this section? Um, no, I mean, I think that you see, you see the turn there, I would just say, in, in the next little section. It's just really important that, you know, I don't know, Paul's giftedness of learning two languages, or like three or four languages. This is beginning like first, you know, he, you know, Hebrew, yeah. Greek, you know, Aramaic. Just um, going back and forth. Yeah, just going back and forth. 
I, I just think that, that, you know, this is just some of the sovereignty of God in terms of where you grew up and the relationships that you have, right? If God's given you that ability, use it. Mm. You know, use that ability. You know, we pray that we would have a, a church full of people who can speak multiple languages, can use that for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I love um, Grant and Amber, and it's, you know, we want our kids to be able to learn Spanish so that they can take the gospel to the nations. Mm-hmm. Praise God. We pray that that happens more mm-hmm. and more. I mean, we see it happen happening here in Paul. Right. But by extension, we could just say that God gifts every single believer with gifts and talents right. to be used for the common good. So, you know, you may not be able to speak multiple languages, but like you, like you're able to play basketball, and you're actually able to play ping pong. I remember being in, in Boston <laughs> and, and you playing ping pong with a, you know, um, a older Chinese man and gave, gave you an opportunity to talk to a Russian woman through your phone about the gospel of the Lord Jesus, yeah. right? So, like, just use who you are for his glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Paul speaking, he's going to reply. He's now speaking in Hebrew, and he really begins his case against these people who want him dead. Yeah, and, and it's amazing that he, he does it so tenderly. Like, he was almost beaten to death. Right. I mean, his, there may be blood still flowing from his, on his face. Mm-hmm. And what's he saying? Our fathers, right? Brothers and fathers, you know? And then he just kind of identifies with them. Listen, mm-hmm. I was where you're at. I, I was actively trying to kill Christians. I was right. actively pursuing them to death. That's, what was, that's what, where I was at. But let me tell you what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Right? My eyes were opened. I was, I was going to go rest Christians, and God opened my eyes to show me who he was mm-hmm. and that I was persecuting him. You know, and that I need to, to, to repent. I need mm-hmm. to rise and be baptized. You know, to, to be a witness to the nations. Like that's, like, and the, here's the thing. Like, they had, they weren't. They were so angry with him. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even hear his testimony. Yeah. They couldn't logically. So what logically? Like, if you're, if you're not Christian and you're listening to this randomly, right? Um, what logic is there that this guy is murdering and pursuing to kill Christians? And arrest them and throw them in prison. Men and women, the text says, that he all of a sudden, in an instant, changes and becomes one of them, and willing to suffer, and then willing to be to suffer, in the same way in which he was persecuted. Like that doesn't make any logical sense mm-hmm. unless God opened his eyes and revealed Himself to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating. That's really good. Uh, I mean, yeah, here is heart even towards the Jewish people. We see this later in Romans, right? Where he's like. I wish I was accursed, you know, that they may, you know, he counts have a curse for others. Is there something here, you said, he just got beaten, maybe there's blood coming down as he's talking to the pe- these people. What about for us, and how do we cultivate this heart, this love for the lost around us, like Paul? Well, I think it's just, I think this is the, the hope of my last point. My last, like, charge was never forget mercy, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, Paul looked at his own life. He, he viewed himself as, as one of the worst sinners. Mm-hmm. But God demonstrated him patience towards him so that others may believe in eternal life. Mm-hmm. So when we demonstrate patience to those who do not believe, mm-hmm. it's actually a wonderful sign of God's grace to them. Mm-hmm. And they remember that, okay, I deserve mercy. Mm-hmm. Right? I deserve death and hell, and yet God gave me mercy. Mm-hmm. This is unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Right? Think about how much God loves us. So how do we cultivate a love for the lost? Yeah, maybe like I said, this week or next week, I mean, I really want to love the lost better. What yeah. can I do? Just remember that you were once lost and that mm-hmm. you need to go to them, right? I mean, God came to you, so you go to them, right? Mm-hmm. We don't love, um, you know, we first love because God first loved us, so maybe mm-hmm. we need to first love people in our lives in a very direct way. 
But I think that understanding of our sin, understanding the, the mercy and grace of God, that's really how you love God more, mm. love the lost more, is you realize that I'm just like them mm. outside of grace. I'm mm. just like them. Um, rather than being mad at them, you know, which I think that this is just some of the danger in our society. We should fight for truth and righteousness. We would want a society that, that flourishes, so mm. marriage and, um, you know, no abortion and no transgenderism. I believe those are blights on society, and I think that they're not good for our neighbors. Mm -hmm. So I think that they don't help human flourishing. Uh, but how we interact with those people, we must be gracious and kind and merciful and compassionate. Because mm -hmm. if we're not, we forget that we were once there. Mm. Like if we, if me and you were raised twenty years, twenty like today, like if we we're teenagers today, mm. we might be thinking like transgender is okay. Mm -hmm. Abortion's okay yeah. because it's the culture in which we which we would be raised. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, because we're not, we're like oh, that, that's just really odd. Mm -hmm. And but like the only reason we're not there is because of the grace of God. Right. So just just let's cultivate a humility in a, in our own hearts. It's actually part of our um, statement of faith. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that you know because we believe that God sovereignly saves and that He elected us, it mm -hmm. produces not pride but humility. Mm -hmm. The more that comes into our life, I think that it's easier for us to love. Yeah, there's a text in Corinthians, right? What do you have that you have not received? Yeah. Right? So why do you boast as if you have not received it? Yeah, it's First Corinthians of, 4, 7. Yeah, fantastic. Even our ethics and our morals, they've been given to us by God in His kindness. So, yeah, uh, so here he, he gives his testimony, right? That's we were kind of highlighting there up till um, about uh, 21, where they hear about the Gentiles and they away with him. Is there anything with Paul's testimony here that you want to draw out? Because we've already heard Paul's testimony. Yeah, we've heard his testimony. I mean, we'll, we'll, I think honestly, we'll hear it again. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll hear it again. <laughs> I really was gripped personally while I was reading it when he says, why delay? Hmm. Rise and be baptized. Like, when I was studying it, that didn't affect me. Hmm. But when I verbalized it out loud before the congregation, mm -hmm. something gripped me. Um, hmm. You know, so, um, don't delay. If there's, yeah. if there's anyone who hasn't been baptized, don't delay. If there's anyone who's walking in sin, don't delay. Come back to the Lord. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what, what really kind of gripped me there. And, you know, again, so much hatred that the um, the Jews had for the Gentiles, mm. right? Which is just, you know, again, Isaiah 49, go be a light to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Part of the calling of being a Jew was to, to shine the light of the gospel mm -hmm. right, to the world. You know, Jesus, you know, God said to Abraham, to Abram, you know, I, I'm going to bless you and make you the father of all nations and mm -hmm. you know, be a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. Mm -hmm. Like, guys, do you see what God wants to do? How he did that through Joseph and how he blessed not just mm -hmm. the people of Israel, but all the, the, all the Egyptians, yeah. you know? And they just, it's almost like they forgot their history here. Right. I feel um, like Paul's letter to the Romans is very, is very helpful in illustrating this. One quotes Isaiah 52, right? Why the Gentiles? It's because the, because Israel didn't do what it was supposed to do in shining its light, and then you also have he kind of highlights the call to Abram, right? Is that he he was a Gentile, right? He was an Iraqi idol worshiper, and this is the father of the, the Jewish nation. So I, yeah, the letter of Romans is very helpful in just kind of understanding all of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, very 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 good. Um, so uh, anything else here as we close up, right? So now it's Paul and the Tribune, and he ends in 29. Uh, they're about to flog him, and Paul's like, whoa, 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 yeah. I'm a Roman citizen. Again, I think this is one of the reasons why, why Luke is writing this, right? He's trying to say, hey, Paul's saying, is it lawful? 
mm-hmm. again, Paul did not do anything unlawful mm-hmm. right, to his Jewish heritage or to the Roman Roman citizens. Mm-hmm. He's, tr- I think Luke is testifying, both in Luke and Acts, that Christians are innocent. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, the certainty of the gospel, absolutely. This is mm-hmm. what happened to Jesus. But also that just so you know, the things you've been heard actually may not be true. Mm. The Christians aren't the bad guys here. Right. Christians are actually the good guys. You know. So this may be a, an apologetic to the culture that Luke is writing to. Because like, it seems so. like there's maybe a just unreasonable hatred towards yeah, Christians. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that we could say that Theophilus was probably a patron of Luke. He probably paid for his him to be able to do his research, which mm. would have cost a lot of money. He's probably a man of some means. He's probably a man of... Uh, of within the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so I think that he's trying to say, I just want you to know that Romans should have no fear of Christians, mm-hmm. right? And I said this in, in my, my point, that governments should have no fear of Christians if they seek to do good and, mm-hmm. and honor justice. Yeah, Governments that don't, they should be concerned because we should, we're fighting against those things. Mm-hmm. If you're a totalitarian government and you believe that you should exterminate people who don't look like you, well, or enslave them. Well, that's wrong. Yeah. You know, we want to fight against that. You know, um, but we want to be for that which is good and right. Mm. And then Christians, we should have nothing to fear because we're going to live according to the law, mm-hmm. right? We shouldn't try to violate the law. Right? We shouldn't try to evade our taxes or, you know, speed, right? Mm. Because we're going to do things that right. are right and good. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, kind of closing here, right? You did have um, six pastoral applications. Yep. Why do you call them pastoral applications? Uh, Why not just applications? I could have said applications, but I was trying to think as as a pastor. Here's what I want to tell you: How because you're shepherding, because I'm shepherding. All preaching for me mm-hmm. at Park Baptist Church is pastoral preaching. Mm-hmm. I am preaching as a shepherd, trying to shepherd and care for God's people. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, yeah. So you just kind of mentioned right first point: government should have nothing to fear of Christians, right? If they seek good and justice. Yep. Just would stand by that. Second point: uh, Christians will be attacked by those against the word. Yep. I kind of already mentioned that. Is there anything else you want to? Yeah, I just say be prepared for suffering. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not going to stop for Christians. If you stand for a biblical sexual ethic, if you stand for the right for righteousness and truth, if you stand for life, you're going to be more and more hated by the world mm-hmm. because we are out of step. Right. And yeah. If you tell people they're out of step, they're going to hate you because you're putting a finger on their idols. And if you try to get people on their idols. They, they come out with vengeance. Mm. Uh, point three, share what God has done in your life. Yeah, I mean, Paul just shared his testimony. Right. right? I just, you always have a testimony. I was lost, but now I'm found. Mm. Right. And that's sometimes as simple as it is. Right. You know, we get all freaked out about evangelism. If I'm going to have all the right answers. Right. But sometimes I have to say, yeah, I was living for myself. This is what I was doing. And then I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sins. Mm-hmm. And he rose from the dead. And now I don't have to fear death anymore. And that changed my life. Yeah. I mean, you could, I just shared that in 10 seconds. Yeah. You can share that anytime you want, mm-hmm. right? It's your story. They can't deny it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we don't only want it, We think that's true for everybody. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to just say, that, hey, that's good for you. Yeah. Um, but I also think that we shouldn't just discount that because mm-hmm. God did this in your life. And yeah. Share it. yeah. That's good. Uh, point four, right? The lives we live reflect Christianity to the world. Yeah. Paul um, knew that how he was going to respond to James and the elders uh, was going to represent the Christians who had believed in Jerusalem, mm. right? And how he interacted with the society at large is going to impact the influence of how the Roman Empire viewed Christians. Mm. So everything that we do in the world reflects upon our family name, it reflects upon the name of, of Christ, mm-hmm. and our church name, mm-hmm. right? And I was saying, listen, if you 
are a jerk, right, and you're stingy, well, then people are going to think Park Baptist Church are jerks and stingy. Yeah. So we don't want that reputation. So let's live truly and abundantly in Christ. Yeah. That's good. I think, um, personally, me and Jamie were kind of talking through this and just, it's for, for us, like, there's that temptation is, um, suffering, things we don't like, you know, it may not even be outward persecution, just with the suffering, you know, uh, grumbling, complaining, right? I think for us, that's uh, something that we have to be careful on of, you're reflecting what you believe about Christ and how you crumble, because what you're maybe saying is, actually my kingdom that I belong to is of this world, and that's why I'm grumbling and complaining. Yeah, and, then, and, you, and then the essence of all crumbling, grumbling and complaining is that God is not good, mm-hmm. he's not giving me all that I need. And something in my life is dissatisfying to me, mm-hmm. you know. Therefore, you know, God is withholding something. It's really just the seeds in right. the Garden of Eden, yeah. right? You know, when Adam, you know, did God surely say, yeah, you know, like, you know, which is uh, your next point here? Trust God, suffering. Yeah, I think suffering is coming. So I'm just trying to. You'll, you'll find me saying this for the next five to ten years. You said it's coming. Is it not here already? I think it's here, but I think it's going to be continuing to increase. You know, from you, society oh, or yeah, just, from society. Okay. So I think there's going to become more and more occupations that Christians are not going to be able to engage in, mm. right? I think that there may be um, hate crimes coming against Christians for saying certain things. Um, suffering is happening now. People will not get promotions or not get jobs because of mm-hmm. their faith. Um, but you saw the backlash what happened with abortion. So abortions made uh, federally um, illegal, mm-hmm. right? So it's given back down to the states. And then you have company after company coming forward and saying, if you believe that this is wrong, we don't want you working here. We're going to pay for our people to cross borders to be able to get abortion. Like, mm-hmm. like that's just going to continue to increase. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just, you know, just be prepared for something. Mm-hmm. And then um, you mentioned earlier for your last pastoral application, never forget God's mercy. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why Paul was able to get beaten to the point of, almost to the point of death rise up and then show kindness and patience. It's because he realized that he deserved far worse and that he had received mercy. Right? Yeah. And of course, I'm, I'm pulling that straight from, you know, what he said about his testimony in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, you know, 12 through um, 17, wonderful passage to meditate on. Yeah, which is really, that seems to be maybe the foundation for the other five points, right? And that's kind of right that gospel-centeredness of how do you trust God in suffering? Well, Jesus suffered for me that I may be, you know, he became poor that I may become rich. Our lives reflect Christianity to the world. What we do is reflecting Christianity, probably saying the gospel, that what God has done for me. You know, I mean, it just seems like each one, it's like, never get God's mercy. Why? Well, it seems like that's the heart of Paul's whole and heart of ministry. Yeah. He, he, like, I think he said, he couldn't forget. Couldn't forget. Could, could, like, every day, he's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Amen. Uh, would you pray us out? Yeah. Uh, Father. We pray that we would never forget mercy. We pray that uh, we would always know uh, that your mercy never ends Mm. and your steadfast love never ceases. We deserve nothing but hell and judgment for our sins. And yet you and the kind, uh, compassionate God that you are gave us mercy, withholding from us our due punishment and giving us yourself an eternal bliss. We pray that that would always just resonate in our hearts, that would not only affect our joy, but affect our relationships with those who may be far from us and far from you. God, we pray that you would help us use the, the mercy you've given us as a catalyst to love people by the way you've loved us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, this past week, we were honored with Pastor Appreciation.
uh, and as uh, the podcast is called, A Pastor and His People. That's right. Right. Uh, Pastor Dave already mentioned this, but we just want to say again, uh, it is an honor. It is a privilege. Uh, it seems somewhat uh, crazy that this is even a thing that yeah. people are like, oh, here you go. Here's for me. It's like, oh, no, we get it every week, all the time. So thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. We uh, hope you feel appreciated as well. So uh, praise God. See you guys next week. Amen.